0: Hello everyone and welcome to the fourth episode of the Two Halves podcast with me, Parinita. Today's episode is called Metamorphosis and it's about imposter syndrome. Okay, this one's going to be a heavy one. For me, at least it is. Have you heard of imposter syndrome? Or are you one among the many like me who is or was right in the middle of it at some point in your life? If I can tell you in the simplest way, You feel like a fraud for doing what you do. And you believe that one day this so-called fraud police is going to come looking for you and the whole world is going to know that you're an imposter. That you're living a life of a lie. That all you are is shine and no substance. We feel inadequate. And we felt like this almost all our lives. This ridiculous monster of self-doubt that is so deep-rooted and makes us constantly believe that we are not worthy. That we will not make it anywhere because all our success is only because we got lucky. And it's got nothing to do with what we do or how we do it. And the more we accomplish, the more you feel like a fraud. It's because we can't internalize our successes. But we've internalized our failure to the T. So why is it important that we talk about imposter syndrome? 70% of people said they've experienced this at least once in their lives. 87% of creative people have experienced imposter syndrome. So if you are a part of this, welcome to this seemingly huge club where we fear not knowing enough, where we have the fear of not fitting in, where we have the fear of not being accepted and where we have a fear of failure and also a fear of success. Twisted, right? It's not just a syndrome anymore. It's a phenomenon. So let's call it the imposter phenomenon. So let's look back and see if we can find where imposter syndrome actually comes from. Now in your childhood, it could be from undeserved praise or the opposite of it, no praise at all. It could be because your family gave you labels like, oh, she's the different one. She's the odd one. She's the quiet one. She's the older one. She's the loud one. She's the stubborn one. When you were not at all. It could also be constant criticism while you were growing up. When you felt like you were the odd one out in a group of everybody who was doing something completely different from you and you didn't get it at all, you did something so different and then you were like, oh my god, I don't belong here. I'm an outcast. I'm a misfit. I don't understand what they're doing. Maybe I'm wrong. I am wrong. I'm never going to be like them. I'm never going to be accepted. I'm never going to be loved. I'm never going to be understood. Of course, this is hardwired now. It's become a part of our identity. But this doesn't necessarily have to come from your childhood. It could also be something that you've picked up quite recently. That you feel like you're a misfit in, in, a, in any place where you are. That you're not being heard. That you're doing something completely away from your skill set. Like me with this podcast. Every week I feel like, oh my god, what am I doing? Somebody's going to tell me that I'm so not qualified to be doing this. But I have to quieten that voice every single week. And now it's become automatic. I just don't pay attention to it. It's there. It's always going to be there. I can't help it. I just don't feed it anymore. Reminds me of the two wolf story. The Buddhists believe that there are two wolves in our minds. One is like the negative, the hurtful, the angry. And the other one is peaceful, loving, kind. So which wolf wins? The one that we feed. And I know which wolf I feed now. So now when we're living our actual lives and we're trying to do something, all these beliefs are just coming back. Because they have such a strong hold on us. So this is what imposter phenomenon can make you feel, can make you feel inferior, inadequate for not fitting in. You do not internalize your success no matter what anybody tells you or what you've done. You're behaving and believing that you're a fraud. It leads to unhappiness, anxiety, hesitancy. You're indecisive sometimes. It makes you feel so guilty. Of course, self-doubt is like a crown. Makes you believe that all your achievements are because of luck, that you were just at the right place at the right time. Somebody just happened to see your work and great. That's why it happened. And you hold yourself so accountable for the things you could never control. And this fear of being found out is crippling. It's just this unwarranted sense of insecurity. This unfounded fear that has no bottom at all. And as artists, what we do is already so constantly being critiqued. So we are so critical of ourselves already. And because you feel like a fraud for doing what you do, It's so easy to hide your achievements. You don't want to be seen. Because the more you're seen, the more you have an option of getting caught. By whom I have no idea. I wish I knew. I really wish I knew. So a fear of failure is actually also a fear of success. You're already so scared of doing something because you think you're going to fail. But by luck or by whatever chance you actually do succeed, then you're even more scared. Because then you're out in the world. And what you did has some amount of success, which means some people are going to see it. Which means you have a lot of chances of getting caught. It's this horrible paradox, this vicious cycle that keeps going on and on and on in your head until you become aware of it and consciously break it. It took me a very long time to realize that I've been stuck in this for a very, very long time. It wasn't until I came back from Vancouver that I realized that I don't own what I do at all. That whatever I just did, okay, forgotten, forget about it, it's done, it's done, don't even look at it. So I actually searched for this. I actually googled these exact words. Why don't I own what I do? Boom! Imposter syndrome just came up. And I read about it and I'm like, Oh my god, this certainly explains a lot. And then when I saw how common it is, I was like, what is this? Why is it like this? Do many of us feel like this? Do all of us feel like this? Have all of us felt like this at some point in our life? Maybe, maybe not. And because we have such a fear of failure... We don't want to make any mistakes. So we put on this mask of perfectionism. Everything needs to be perfect. No mistakes are supposed to be found anywhere in anything ever. So we're constantly beating ourselves up to make everything perfect. And if someone points out a mistake, we're like, oh my god, this is the end of the world because they just found out that I'm incompetent. But perfection really doesn't exist. We can't help it. It's just become our identity now. Like I have stressed so much on making everything perfect. Oh my God. For me, even a stitch can't be left or right. It has to be in its place. It's maddening. It is. It really is. Horrible lens that I view my work with. Of course, I've gotten a little better. And by little, I mean 2% maybe. But I'm on my way. And I'm glad. 2% is also actually a huge leap. And the worst thing is this never really goes away. The more you do, the more it comes up. It's like this voice in your head that says, Oh, you did it once. You got away with it once. How do you think you're going to get away with it again? So when we actually do our work, how it is in reality and how it is in the standards that we set for ourselves, there's a big gap between it. And this big gap is just a reminder that, oh my God, I'm still failing. But suddenly in design school, everything I did was like, oh my God, wow, this is awesome. And I'm just like, is it really? I don't think so. I don't think this is good. I don't think I'm good. It's just confirmation bias, right? I'm just looking for information to confirm my pre-existing beliefs. Which is, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough to be doing this. I'm not worthy. And then I started Pariha. And the first outfit that I made for someone was such a total disaster. And I'm like, thank you. I knew. I knew I'm not good enough. I knew I'm going to be a failure. These voices in my head was just getting louder and louder and louder. And I still had no idea though. Once my college faculty called me to meet her. And I told her about this failed outfit of mine. And she looked at me and she goes, When are you going to start owning it? And I was just like, what? She's like, yeah, I've always seen you like this. You'll make the best assignment and then you'll just be like, oh yeah, okay. I don't know what just happened. I don't know how it happened. You just behave like it's got nothing to do with you. And I was like, oh my God. And I didn't have an answer that time. It's like, you know, we are constantly pushing the goalpost ahead. Like we reach one goal. But you've already pushed that goalpost so much ahead. So when you reach that goal, you're like, oh my God, I haven't done enough. I need to reach the next one. But by the time you reach the next one, it's already pushed ahead. So there is never really an end to this until you stop and consciously think about what you're doing. That's just like an imposter cycle. You feel like a fraud. You behave like a fraud. Then something happens and you believe that you're a fraud. And then it'll make you feel even more like one. Like I said, this feeling never really goes away. But it's very important to share your story To realize that you're not the only one who feels like this. You have no idea how many people feel like this. But once you're aware of this nagging feeling, it's easier to navigate. It's easier to call it out. Let me give you an example and tell you in what great company we are. Maya Angelou wrote 11 books. Amazing author. And she used to think, Oh my God, now they're going to find out. Now they're going to find out that I'm a fraud. I'm a fraud. Einstein felt like that. Meryl Streep. Kate Winslet. Yep, I'm not kidding. Michelle Obama, they feel like imposters. Another interesting story. Actually, my favorite. And this one is on Neil Gaiman's blog, where he talks about the time he met Neil Armstrong. They were at an event which was organized for people who are high achievers. Neil Gaiman is someone who feels like an imposter too. So at maybe the third day of the event, there was a musical performance happening and he was standing at the back of the room. And he started talking to Neil Armstrong. So first they started talking about how their names are common And Neil Armstrong tells Neil Gaiman, What am I doing here? I feel so out of place. Everyone here has achieved so much. And I just went where I was sent. To which Neil Gaiman was like, If Neil Armstrong, the first man on the moon, can feel like this, I think I'm in good company. So here's the thing, it never really goes away, right? Even if you're the first person to land on Mars, first person to land anywhere, the first person to do anything, you're still going to feel like this. It just humanized this whole emotion to realize that people like this feel like that. So we need to stop playing small and we need to stop apologizing for the goals that we have or that we've always had. Here's an interesting quote by Conan O'Brien. Nobody knows what they're doing and there's two ways to go with that. One is to be afraid and the other is to be liberated. And I choose to be liberated by it. So here's the thing, if we feel like we are not good enough, how many people around us feel the same way? 7 out of 10? 8 out of 10? It's really, really, really important to build self-awareness. Maybe you can go down to the root cause of when you started feeling like this. It does not have to control you every time you put yourself in a situation like this. You have to control it. Maybe it goes back to the feeling of how you needed to know everything about everything. But there are countless things that we don't know about and we will never know about. So instead of questioning ourselves, we need to question what we don't know. If you leave this voice inside you unchecked, it could actually cripple you to a point where you stall a lot of projects, you have unfinished masterpieces, you just become more unhappy with what you do. And to me, here's how it used to feel to make a mistake. It's like someone's going to push me into a moat filled with sharks. And I'm just standing over there and looking at all these sharks and I'm like, oh my god, no. So I'm like, okay, this is going to happen if I make a mistake. So what do I do? Don't make any mistakes. Don't fail. Do everything perfectly. I had to teach myself how to flip the script. How I had to stop looking at my mistakes and my failures. And just flip it and look at everything that went right. I mean, I just did a show in Vancouver for God's sake and I'm crying about a skirt. Which one should outweigh which? And there are no mistakes. They're only learnings. Instead of categorizing your work as success or failure... Look at it as a process. Look at it as work in progress. Everything you do is only work in progress. It doesn't have to have an end meaning. You don't have to specifically put it in a category of success or failure. Definitely not failure. During this process, you learned so much. You conquered so many of your fears. And we so happily discount this because we're always so focused on the end result. Celebrate every single effort. Celebrate everything that you do every single hour. And it's going to take a while to get used to this. So it's like we filled up our cup with all our failures that we've internalized. You either empty this cup or you throw the cup away. Take a bigger cup. And you start internalizing your successes. No matter how small. Maybe you just wrote two lines today. Great. Put it in your cup. I designed a new jacket today. Amazing. Put it in that cup. This is not for anybody else. This is for you. This is for that other voice inside you that's telling you you're not good enough. We're so used to putting praise straight into the recycle bin. I know I've done it forever. It's only in the last few years that I finally started accepting that, okay, I can do this. This is what is me. You have to genuinely appreciate what you do and love yourself for everything that you do. And I have the most amazing support system that I could have ever asked for. You need to find your support group as well. These people who so genuinely love you for who you are. And they tell you how good you are every single time. Of course, I didn't believe them even before. I was like, oh my god, you all just love me too much. But then you're discounting their competence. You're discounting their taste. Is that right? No, it's not. They would tell you if you're doing a bad job. You need to stop telling yourself that you're a failure. It gets easier. Trust me, it gets easier. Stop putting yourself through this mind trap. Be kinder to yourself. We're all just humans trying to figure out what we're doing in our lives. Every day, if somebody is ahead of you on the path, there are people behind you as well. Just look at your life from a different perspective. Look at your life from someone else's point of view. Maybe it'll just help you solve all these underlying self-doubt issues. Here's something that I before very unconsciously used to do, but now I'm very conscious of it. I keep saying, Pariha is my alter ego. I never realized the depth of it. There are so many instances where I can pinpoint Where this alter ego version of me has taken over the imposter version of me. Pariha doesn't listen to any excuses. Pariha just is. And the other version of me is sometimes so far away from this version that I'm only trying to catch up. Even now when I go back and look at pictures of my Paris Fashion Week and I'm like, who is this person? Just like, what did she do? Maybe it'll help if you can separate yourself from the work you do. They don't need to be one. People can talk about your work. That doesn't mean they're talking about you. And I know as creative people and artists, this is really difficult because we have to be really vulnerable when we put our work out there. We put our heart and soul in everything that we make and you're just waiting to be judged by the whole world who's looking at it. And it's very subjective. So it's important to create distance. One person might not like what you do, but you're going to sit and only think about this one person as opposed to the 7 billion that actually love what you do. So you're going to think this one person is pointing a finger at you. No, 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 no. This person had an experience with your work. 7 other billion people had an experience also with your work. For once, internalize the praise. Don't internalize the negativity. Because we are so programmed to. You don't have to take yourself into this cave of where you've painted on these walls, I'm not good enough. I'm not worth it. I can never do this. So here's how an alter ego works for me. Like this version is my best version. Because it's so much easier, right? If your friend is going through some trouble, you're like, oh my God, you know how awesome you are. It's so much easier to tell somebody else. So when we make this alter ego, we're somehow so happy to give it our best parts. We're not giving it our negative beliefs. We're not giving it our options of failure. We're not giving it all that. We're giving it our best parts, which is so easy. I don't even know why. So this person, this version of you, the best version of you, is just owning everything you do. And at some point in your life, these two versions will merge. And that day will be the greatest day in history. Because you will finally own yourself completely. This happens to me in like parts. There are a few weeks where both these versions of me are completely the same. But then there are months where these versions are so far apart. But I'm okay with that. I'm learning. Maybe it'll take me another 10 years for me to merge both these versions. But I'm on my path. And I have a lot of patience, which is great. So maybe that thing works. You do it enough number of times till you become it. These two versions will be seamless. And you are going to get there. I know. Because it's going to empower you in so many different ways. You have no idea. And no one is harder on you than you are on yourself. So now it's kind of automatic how I morph into this other version. It just happens. Of course, I'm consciously aware of it now. But it just seamlessly happens. So if you actually meet me or talk to me when I'm in this pariha version of myself, I'm completely different than who I am today. I did read about other people and their alter egos too. Beyonce had an alter ego, Sasha Fierce. But now she says she doesn't need Sasha Fierce. Lily Singh, her alter ego, Superwoman. But now she's just Lily Singh. So that's what I'm saying. At some point in your life, these two amazing versions, both these versions are you, completely you. They are going to merge. And that's the thing about us humans. We're alchemists. We can turn anything ordinary into gold. Which means think about it. Think about what you can do with what you have. Everything. A lot of authors also have pen names, which is like another version of alter ego. And we already have different personas. Maybe we don't consciously recognize it. The work version of you is different from who you are at home. A version who you are with your best friend is completely different from a version who you are with your parent. So there are already different versions of you that exist. But you as you are still the very best. And sometimes we need to give ourselves this pep talk. Because sometimes you mostly need to hear it from yourself. Because you are obviously not listening to anything external. So you've got to tell yourself how good you are. If you don't listen to anyone, maybe sometimes you can just listen to yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror and be like, oh my god, you are awesome. What you just did back there was amazing. And I'm so proud of you. Yes, I know this is something that most of us are dying to hear. Please look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am so proud of you. It just takes me back to my childhood and me standing over there with my hands wide open and saying, oh my god, can somebody just tell me that they're proud of me? But I'm telling myself this today. I am so proud of myself. I've sat in a cave long enough. I've internalized everything I needed to long enough. And I've realized, I am enough. It's sometimes also easier to give this voice inside your head a name. Call it a monster. Some call it a gremlin. Some call it the devil. Call it what you want. But recognize that when this person is talking, you need to pay no attention to it. Here's another thing that helped me. Be an encourager. You know that other people are also struggling. Encourage them to do what they love doing. Tell them how good they are. Tell them how you genuinely feel about them. You never know how it might help them. We also need to get used to the fact that we need to appreciate what we do more than what we get back. That's another hardwiring that we need to break. And stop explaining every time you succeed at something. This is one habit I've really had all the time. Someone tells me, oh my god, wow, that was so good. And I'm like, oh, you know, this happened, this happened. I could have done this, but this didn't happen and that didn't happen. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. And the other person is like, oh my god, will you just stop? And I agree, there is some sort of luck that you need sometimes. But everything you've done in your life is not because of luck. Here's what being an imposter has actually taught me, if I come to think of it. The biggest thing, and I think this I'll be grateful for always, is that it made me so much more empathetic. I know how each one of us struggle... It has taught me compassion, which means the things that have been said to me were probably said to these people by someone else. They just say what they've heard. That doesn't have anything to do with you. And it has made me very self-aware that I want to think about what I'm doing. I want to think about the impact that I'm going to have. I want to create because I want to create. And I try to do a good job at it. So everything that I thought was my flaw, I've just flipped it and I've made it into a superpower. So if you are feeling inadequate, like I have felt all my life, if you are feeling like an imposter, understand that this is your superpower. It is something that makes you read a little more. Write another poem. Draw another picture. Take another photograph. Run an extra mile. Cook another dish, maybe. Wake up a few minutes earlier to do something that you love. It's what makes you dig a little deeper. Aim just a little bit higher. And love yourself a lot harder. And I could really go on, obviously. And this isn't anything to prove to anybody, but to slowly and steadily silence the voice inside you that keeps reminding you that you're not good enough and that you will be nothing. Like if you're a boss, at work, if you have a team that works for you, this can teach you empathy. When a member of your team is not able to do something, it makes you more authentically connect with the people around you, which is great, Because you're giving them a safe space to be vulnerable. And if one person is okay to tell you their story, and you are okay to tell your story, there'll be so many other people who will be okay to tell their story too. This is what Lady Gaga has to say. I still sometimes feel like a loser kid in high school. And I just have to pick myself up and tell myself that I'm a superstar every morning so that I can get through this day and be for my fans what they need me to be. Everyone is at a different level. Everyone works with different methods. They have a different productivity level. So it's really not fair to yourself to compare yourself to anyone out there. Meditation has really helped me. Affirmations have really helped to calm this monkey mind that's going on. Jumping from here to there with all these things that I don't necessarily need to keep hearing all throughout the day. All throughout the year. Instead of looking at all these failures or whatever we've done, that we count as failures, oh my god, they're not even failures. We just need to be more grateful for all these experiences. They're all these puzzle pieces that fit, that make you who you are. And I wouldn't want even a single piece of me to be misplaced or discounted or different. Keep a gratitude journal if you have to. Write every single day what you're thankful for. Everything, anything. If people send you positive feedback, write it down or take a screenshot and keep it and go back to it whenever you feel like this voice is getting louder and louder. Another thing you can make is an accomplishment board so that you're seeing everything that you've done. Stick it somewhere where you can see it every single day and tell yourself that, Oh my God, this is awesome. I did that? Wow. Remind yourself how good you are every single day. It's okay to be a work in progress. There's so much lying dormant inside you. All these things that you've repressed because you thought you were not good enough. All these creative ideas they just buried deep inside you somewhere. And sometimes you just need an activator. It could be a song that makes you feel powerful. It could be a place that brings out the best ideas. It could be a book. Or you could make an activator yourself. Like you walk into a room and you know that all your excuses you just have to leave at the door. So when you walk in, you walk in as this version of yourself that just needs to get something done. No matter the doubts. No matter these voices in your head. It just needs to be done. For me, that place is my studio. When I walk in here, there are no excuses. There are no doubts. And there's just so much love in this place. Love for what I do. Love for what I am. And everybody who walks in here has actually told me that. That the vibes in this place are just amazing. And I'm like, thank you, I did that. And if you're still finding it hard to believe in yourself, talk to a mentor maybe. Someone who you look up to. Someone who has no reason to tell you good things. Someone who'll just be real and honest with you and tell you how amazing you are. Irrespective of the doubts that you've had all your life, it is really crippling. It's this heavy weight that you don't need to carry around. Talk to a therapist if you need to, if you feel that nobody understands you. You don't need to walk around feeling like you're not good enough. Because we understand that this feeling is so common, now there's maybe an even playing field. You can have conversations with anyone about anything. You don't have to stop yourself from telling someone why you love them. And there's always something unique for you to share. And if there's just one person you inspire, and this person is just really yourself, it is always worth it. Always. So we just need to flip the script on this perfectionism mask that we're wearing. If you have the amount of stamina, the grit and the perseverance to go back to something and change it a hundred times, imagine the perseverance that you have to actually make something. You just have to harness this. And as artists and creative people, we have to tackle this somehow. Because we're always going to be putting our heart, soul and creativity out there. There's really no way around it. The only way is through it. Are we still going to do this if nobody's going to see it? You need to love what you are doing. And the rest will follow or not follow. And if there has been any time that you felt like this or you know someone who's felt like this, you can always write to me. I would love to hear your story. You can find me on Instagram at pariha.designstudio. That's P-A-R-I-H-A dot design studio. And this one is dedicated to us inadequates. Whether you're a caterpillar or a butterfly, you have always been worthy. You were born worthy. And don't let anything or anyone take that away from you. You are enough because you exist. Thank you so much for taking time out and listening to this podcast. Until next time, this is Parinita. And I am a work in progress.